Assalamu alaikum. Today it is uh, Wednesday, 20th of July 2022, and uh, in our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 339, and uh, we are discussing. Um, the words of chapter 2, verse 102 of the uh, Holy Quran. <clears throat> and this is our broadcast number <clears throat> 20 in uh, discussing the words of uh, verse 102 of the Holy Quran yeah, of, of uh, Al-Baqarah just to remind you that these broadcasts are brought to you courtesy of Laser Lahore Ahmadiyya School of Education and Religion which is uh, a department a branch of uh, Ahmadiyya Anjumanishat Islam of Lahore or Ahmadiyya Anjuman for Propagation of Islam based in Lahore uh, also known as uh, the Lahore Ahmadiyya movement. The Ahmadiyya movement was founded by Hazrat uh, Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib and his teaching was that although other people say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad Prophet can come this cannot be correct because the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet Muhammad was the Khatamun Nabiyyi. And the Holy Prophet Muhammad explained the meaning of this expression by saying, La Nabiya Badi. No prophet after me. So now no prophet can come, whether an old one or a new one, no one can come. And Hazrat Mirza Ulam Ahmed's claim was that he was the Mujaddid of his age in accordance with the Hadith of the Holy Prophet. And in, and in accordance with which of these Mujaddadeen had appeared in Islam for 1300 years. But he said his distinction was 
that the Messiah spoken of in the Hadith and the Mahdi spoken of in the Hadith, it was one and the same person and these were titles given to a Mujaddid who was going to be entrusted with certain tasks and it was him. And uh, of course this was a revolutionary thought which led to disagreements and Muslims declared Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad and uh, his organization MDs to be Kafirs, to be heretics. At which Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib pointed out that uh, the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, the Hadith, forbids such utterances. The Holy Prophet said that if one reciter of the Kalima declares another reciter of the Kalima to be a heretic, then this verdict of heresy falls upon the person uttering these words. And that is why Hazrat Sab said that uh, uh, people, reciter of the Kalima, must not say to each other that you are prophets and you are prophets and uh, so on. Everyone has a right to come to their own conclusion and at the end of the day it is God who will decide who is a Muslim and who is not a Muslim. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed also taught that uh, um, Muslims generally believe that some prophetic revelation, Wahi and Nabuat, has been missed from the Holy Quran. And some that is in the Holy Quran has been cancelled, abrogated, its commands repeat. And he said this cannot be true because God says that I reveal the Holy Quran and I will protect it. So how can it be that divine revelation, prophetic revelation is not included in the Holy Quran and God remains quiet. How can it be that commands of some of the verses are abrogated and no one says anything? God doesn't say anything. Hazrat Abu Bakr and Umar and Ali and Usman and so on and Razila none of them says anything. The Holy Quran, the whole of the Holy Quran was recited during the month of fasting, during Ramadan. Why didn't anyone point this out? That these verses are missing. Or ask why we are reciting these verses when uh, the command, their order has been rescinded and cancelled. And of course, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed stressed 
that jihad is a basic and fundamental duty of every single Muslim. But he said, this does not mean that you take the gun and you go out and you ask your neighbor to uh, pronounce the shahada and if he doesn't, you shoot him in the head. It doesn't mean that. We have to look towards the Holy Prophet Muhammad to see the significance, the meaning, the explanation of jihad. And the Holy Prophet, when returning from fighting, said, Muslims are returning from the minor jihad towards the major jihad and then went on to explain that the major jihad is jihad bin nafs. Jihad against your own soul. Jihad against your inner self. Jihad against your own desires of vanity and pride and arrogance and dishonesty and lying and one-upmanship and a thousand others that you know well. So that is the fundamental and the first jihad which every Muslim, wherever he may be, must conduct. And that is to reform. To reform his inner self. To kill his own desires. So, let us go to the Holy Quran and as I always explain that this because this is this verse is quite long I only recite um, that part of the verse which has the words that we are going to talk about A'uzu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Wa laqad alimu lama nishtarahu malahu fil akhirati min khalaq and certainly they know that he who buys it has no share of good in the hereafter. So the words we are going to look at today are Walaqad, Alimu and Lamani. So let me find my notes on the internet. So the first one is Walakad. Well, it's actually a term rather than a word because uh, it's made of three parts. Wa meaning and that connects it to the statement that was made before it. Then it connects it to what's going to come afterwards. 
and uh, the other two parts are laqa and dar and laqad both of these together they uh, uh, emphasize what is going to come definitely this is going to happen so in english it's translated as and certainly so that there's no doubt it's certain and indeed etc and uh, the next word is alimu and its root is ain lam mim and that root is used to make 14 different words and uh, in total the words which use this root uh, are 854 in the holy quran and uh, 382 times we have alima and uh, 160 times that no, sorry 163 times alim 105 times alim and 73 times now let me get this right i got it wrong with the urdu one alamin sometimes i'm reading the english arabic written in english which makes it difficult um and 49 times alam and 41 times allama and 18 times alim and 11 times as ma'lum and most of these words are known in urdu for example the uh, adjective ma'lumat or uh, muallim ma'lum alim ilm etc they roll all these words are uh, used in urdu so now the tricky part which is that i generally mess up <clears throat> which i haven't quite done just that i flipped over too many pages here we are so we have ain lam mi al-qalimu the knowledge knowledge the knowledge this is knowing understanding gaining 
all the facts, all the knowledge, all the ilm about something or nature of something. And generally dictionaries will say, well, you can do it two ways. One, um, that, uh, you know, if you know the name of the thing, and uh, secondly, by knowing the adjectives, the attributes of something. Now, I disagree with that because you cannot, in my view, get complete information about something just by its name. And in the Urdu example, I use the example of uh, a car, dirt, Toyota, Yaris. Okay. That takes us to a group of cars. Now, Toyota Yaris's are of three kinds, those that run on petrol, those that uh, are electric and those that run, um, those which are hybrid and run on both petrol and uh, battery. So just saying Toyota Yaris doesn't tell you everything about the car. So you say, okay, Toyota Yaris hybrid. Fair enough, you've gone one step further. But then what about the fact that uh, some of these Toyota Yaris hybrids have air conditioning and some don't? Some have air conditioning but not a sat-nav. Some have sat-nav but not air conditioning. Some have both, some have neither. So you will need to give more information about what kind of car it is that you're talking about. I mean, I mean I've used a car as an example. It applies to everything. It applies to everything. You say to someone, you remember Shahi disease? Now, it might be Shahi disease who, who was born in the UK. And you say, oh, the one who was born here. And you say, oh, no, no, no. Not the one who was born in UK, but the one who was born overseas. But overseas where? Could have been born in Turkey or... or, or um, some Arab country or Iran or Pakistan or India, where? So you need a lot of information and that information you gain by asking questions. And here we come to 
sort of sad situation because in uh, Islamic schools, in uh, Muslim majority countries, if there is one thing that is forbidden, that is asking questions, which is quite against what the Holy Quran says. When Adam is created, what do angels do? They ask God a question. Why? Or which one? So asking that question then gives you more information. Toyota Yaris. Or which one? Toyota Yaris hybrid. So you got more information. Toyota Yaris hybrid that's done less than 10,000 miles. Toyota Yaris hybrid that's done less than 10,000 miles and has air conditioning and a sat nav. And so it goes on. But you see, God says, Chapter 2, verse 31. And that God taught Hazrat Adam names of everything. But uh, I would suggest it actually means that God put in Adam the ability to be able to speak and ask questions. Because unless he could ask questions, his knowledge will not improve. You know, the example I've just given, he just said, you know, oh, I'm going to buy a Toyota Yaris. And the person you're talking to doesn't then come back and say, which one? CHR? Yaris? Which one? You just said, I'm going to buy a Toyota. So then you give more information. And they say, oh, yes. Okay. CHR. Well, right. Okay. That's good. Nice car. Are you going to buy the electric one, the hybrid one, or the petrol one? But you see, can you see? What the point is of God saying that God gave Adam the ability to speak. Because it's only by speaking and asking questions and inquiry that Adam could improve his knowledge of the universe and learn. And you see, that's the whole point. That there are two aspects that Quran refers to. This is one, giving Adam the ability to speak. Speak means not just speak, you know. We're not talking about uh, the Beatles or Muhammad Rafi or someone just singing something, or some politician or someone inanely speaking about something. We're talking about 
the ability of inquiry, speaking to get more knowledge, to improve the status, the station of the human race. But aligned with that is another thing, and that is if you gain knowledge, then if you don't preserve it, then it's going to get lost. You yourself might forget. Or if you remember, those who come after might forget. What did he really say? Was it this? Was it that? And herein lies the tragedy of what's called uh, Hikmat in Pakistan. It is traditional sort of Indian Pakistani way of treating people with traditional herbs and spices and things. And that is the, that those Hakims would not write anything down. They would not say how they diagnosed this person had whatever it was and why they are saying that the herb XYZ can treat it. Why? Because they were afraid that one of their students or someone will learn that and then go and open a clinic opposite theirs and they'll have competition. So they kept that knowledge to themselves and the result was when they died, the knowledge died with them. What does the Holy Quran say? Allama bil qalb, chapter 96 verse 4. God taught you through the use of the pen. What did he teach you? Things that you did not know. So if you don't preserve them, if you just keep them in your head, then a day is going to come when you will forget or if you remember until you, you die, then certainly those who come after or those who come after them will certainly forget and your knowledge will be, will be lost. The point about these verses of the Holy Quran is that we need to apply them into our own lives and see how we can improve our lives by this. And wonder about why God did these things. Angel questions Allah, why have you created Adam? He's going to create mischief. And we can see the mischief sons of Adam have created. We will factories which burned coal and churned out carbon dioxide into the air 
polluting the air. There was a time when in London, the government used to put out health warnings asking old people and uh, people with asthma and so on not to go out because the air was so polluted that they would die. And when they found that out, they started cleaning up the uh, the racked and uh, area and so on. River Thames was polluted. And for years it was so bad that, uh, you know, old fish, old marine life that used to live in Thames died. And it's taken some 30, 40 years for the Thames to get back to where it used to be. You can see with the heat waves and fires and so on that uh, we are experiencing, that things have become warmer. So angels were correct when they said that Adam will create fitna, disruption, misuse things. But you see, we can only learn not to do that if we use our ability of inquiry and then preserving what we learn through that inquiry so that people who come after, they don't make the same mistakes. So you might have noticed that there is an unlimited number of ways that you can look at the verses and the words of the, uh, the Holy Quran and every time you'll get a different and a new meaning and new guidance from it. And sadly this is what we have forgotten and forsaken. So it is time <clears throat> to end our English broadcast. So I take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep the whole of humanity under his wing and free from harm and protect everyone. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, goodbye.